Good morning, Derek Reimer. Oh, good morning, Ben Ornstein. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, I don't think I've told you this, but I started an Overwatch team. Oh, did you? Nice. Yes. I, I think I've seen you like tweeting about this, like recruiting yeah. some folks. I have been like playing with some friends pretty casually. Overwatch is this like team-based first-person shooter game, and it has become like a really nice social thing, especially like during COVID and all that. Because it's, it's like real friends of mine and my brother and things like that. And we've been playing like somewhat casually. And I was like, I want to take this more seriously. Let's take this to the next level. <laughs> Let's take this to the next level. I like sent an email to everyone. I was like, look, I want to start a team. And we're going to play regularly on this night at this time. And also, we're going to get coached. Wow. Yep, that sounds very Ben Orenstein. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Very on brand so far. <laughs> yes. So we've done two sessions so far, two or three, and each time there's a, this in-game facility like to send a replay of the game to somebody. And so I've been hiring coaches and sending them replays, and they record a video for the whole team to watch asynchronously so we can get better in between sessions. Who does coaching for this? Like, is this a thing? There's a market like, for this? It is a thing. It's not, I don't know how vibrant a market it is, but like there are people who it seems like their full-time job is this. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's pretty funny. It's like <laughs> the prices are so cheap. It's amazing. It's like an hour long session. Like like I asked somebody to do this. And it was like it'll be it'll be twenty dollars. And I was like, okay, fine. Like the high end is like thirty. And it's it's pretty funny. Someone one of the coaches sent me this survey, like an onboarding survey. I was like, oh, that's smart. Like to learn more about your customers. And I had a bunch of questions. And then one of the questions was like, how old are you? And the age ranges were like <laughs> six to. 12, 13 to 17, 17 plus. <laughs> One foot in the grave, Ben. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I bet they did not anticipate the 37-year-old uh, software company CEO uh, answering the survey, which cracks me up quite a bit. Yeah. Maybe they should raise their prices if you check 17 I mean, plus. <laughs> I was talking about, talking about this with Joel yesterday, and we were saying like, there's no premium offering. Yeah. Like I I'm here I'm I'm in to pay more, you know? Like I want my team to get really good. Like what do you what do you got for me that's 50 an hour or 100 an hour? But just no one is there's no nothing. No one's pitched me anything. I haven't seen anybody trying to do that. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It just blows my mind that there's a market for this. Yeah. It's it's amazing. <laughs> there's like websites that like match match coaches with players, which mm-hmm. is how I found some of the initial ones. Um it's yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Wow. Well, so have you felt? Do you feel like it's been um, helping? Yes, definitely. We're we're only a couple of weeks in, and it's like I think we're still in the phase of like we're starting to get it, but it's not quite clicking. Like we're, we're some improvements are happening, but we're we're still figuring it out. I've talked about this before, but watching something you did after the fact is really illuminating and painful, but illuminating, painful, right? Super yeah. painful and super illuminating. Definitely both yeah. those things. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's a, a whole different experience. You just see extremely obvious mistakes when you're watching it that at the time probably didn't feel quite as obvious. So some of it is honestly just the value of like, yes, wow, now that I see this, that's that was very dumb. And then some of it is just is in fact good coaching and people saying, like, look, you're you're not realizing this, but this is the case. And like we go, Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I love it. It's just so it's so fun to get better at things. Personal coaching is just some of the best things. It's like just the best thing in the world to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I enjoy that. I guess the only thing that I have like direct quote unquote coaching on right now is um, strength training. And 
I love that because it's like, I guess it's not quite the same because they're mostly just telling me what to do and giving me like providing energy in a way. I think I can definitely do much more when there's a trainer standing there versus if I were doing it on my own. And the amount of mental games that one can play with oneself, I'm like, no, I, that's enough. I've done enough. You know, like it's, it's just insane. So yeah, I can definitely see the value in that. Totally. Yeah. So that's that's been a fun little distraction. I I was like torn about like should I do this? Is this like too crazy? And I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna try it. I, and so, yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with that. I don't know anything about the game, but like, are you playing with other people just worldwide? Like you're all in this like this world together? Yeah. So the team it's it's two teams of six competing. Okay. Uh, to like achieve a thing. Okay. Um, and it's it's like there's like a sort of like live matchmaking. Like we sign on and basically like go, enter a queue, and then after some amount of time, it it finds us a an opponent to play. Got it. Nice. Yeah. It's funny. We're <laughs> I made us a Discord, so we have a chat place. And then uh, I also made us a Notion wiki because <laughs> we're getting enough information and you know yeah. recordings and things like that that I'm, we've got to track it somewhere. So it's like it's it's becoming increasingly uh, <laughs> like a little startup. <laughs> That's hilarious. I would expect nothing else. We're doing like a tryouts basically, so that we have we have five. Um, normal, like full time people, and we're trying to find mm-hmm. a sixth. So we've been like mm-hmm. sort of auditioning people, basically, <laughs> put them through interviews. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh man, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. But it, it's that's been a super fun distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you end up getting good enough, you may have to like fire your brother. Then, huh? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. You're just not in the top twenty percent anymore. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I, th- I think there might be a there may be a special uh, real life friends <laughs> bonus yeah. that you get. Probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely am into improving, and I want us to get better. But I'm not quite as mercenary as you know. I think that was purely motivated by improvement. Yeah, not willing to destroy a friendship over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still yeah. want, still want my good friends to be in it. Yeah, that's a, unless they're good. really bad. <laughs> and then we'll cut them mercilessly. Yep. yep. Um, so I've been trying this new tool called Quill. Oh yeah, I remember seeing them float around. It was around the time I was building Level. I think they started like they at least had like a landing page up, and it looked like very highly designed Apple esque. From what I yes. can tell, I would say that's a good description of it. It's kind of like Slack, basically. With a bit more focus on threading, perhaps. It seems like they're kind of trying to straddle, like kind of like the Slack and Twist kind of like kind of running right between those two things. It's definitely got a real time flavor. Like there's an online or offline indicator. There are unstructured channels where you just type in real time, and there's typing indicators and things like that. Um, and there also are threaded channels where you make a thread and respond to it in line. Um, so it seems like they're kind of trying to do those two things. And it's interesting. And it, it is like uh, there's a native app, which I appreciate. It definitely has like a very Apple-inspired kind of feel to it. We've been digging it. It is an interesting change to go, because we were using Twist before, which is much more in the async camp. And it feels pretty different. Some of it's good and some of it's bad. It feels good for like quick things. Like you're kind of getting, like, like it's, it's snappy. It's, you know, you're, you're getting immediate responses. You can see when they're there. You can see when they're typing. But I would say actually we've had fewer longer form kind of pre-written threads and discussions and things like that. It doesn't feel... It feels more chatty than asynchy. Um, and I don't know that that's awesome. Hmm. Does it have like an inbox at the core where you... Like it encourages you to drop asynchronous threads in people's 
radar or like what's the core like it does have like dynamic. an activity inbox kind of thing so it does kind of have that basically you can sort of decide how you want it to work so like you can make channels and say like these should be threaded or these should be just kind of like a long chat log which is kind of cool it's like we have like a social channel that's just you know a stream and then we have you know customer success which is threaded uh, which is kind of an interesting way of handling it I don't know more more on that later I think but I'm kind of just getting initial impressions so with twist I didn't have it open all the time and this is more like yeah I'm probably gonna have this open all the time and like kind of keep tabs on it and like pay attention and twist was more like I'll get a, I'll get an email or something if I if there's a new thread and then I'll read the thread and think about it and maybe come back to it in a day or two and this I feel like has much more of a real-time uh, expectation to it yeah that's interesting I mean, obviously, I explored it with Level deeply, and it's a it's really tricky because I think there's a lot of value in some of that real timeness. Just for like, I mean, I I have a Slack channel with Corey, like he's not in it all the time, and neither am I because you know he's got other stuff on his plate. Obviously, he's not full time with me, but it is nice to be able to feel like we can quickly hash things out. I haven't actually used Twist myself for for any of my structured communication, but I feel like it would maybe be feel a little bit too heavy for some of the quick back and forths that we do and I do value that having that like place to do that. But then of course there's always the problem of like should I send a message in Slack or should I comment on a linear ticket or should I leave a comment in the Google Doc like and I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to be fully solved because it's just we just naturally have things kind of spread out across different different places, you know. Yep. I have a million inboxes across yeah. the, the world. Yeah, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Dude, Google Docs, I find it a very frustrating thing. We're talking, mm. this is the tools episode, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I feel like there's so much potential in like collaborative writing. And the Google Docs answer to that is like pretty, pretty eh. Hmm. It's like pretty okay. What would you want? Like, do you have something in mind specifically that you would want? done differently or is it just the way it's stuff is organized or like what's your main uh, gripe with it? I actually think GitHub reviews is pretty close to pretty close to what I want that that kind of vibe and I guess like their commenting feature kind of comes close to that but like, do you like suggested edits or something you know where people can like approve or comment on it or yeah. whatever yeah. yeah this is too fuzzy I don't know if I have good enough specific complaints about it versus I just <laughs> yeah like I, I've had pretty good success, like reviewing Markdown type documents in GitHub as like a this is where we collaborate on writing. Yeah, I yep. think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, man, I've I've had to do some like let's review this contract with a bunch of markups and changes and stuff in Google Docs and or or even uh, Word or something. It's like wow, this is just it's it becomes so hard to parse. Yeah, I mean, because that was developed what like the um, redlining and stuff in. You know, Word docs has been around since the '90s, probably, and like that's been kind of like the default workflow for lawyers and stuff. I think for for many many years. But man, yeah, passing like this artifact around, where like I've sent it, and then you can accept changes and like send a copy back, and like keeping track of which copy, like it feels like such a hack. But that's like all they had for for many many years, and now it's like it doesn't feel like the cloud, which is feels like the real way to solve this. You know, it doesn't feel like it's fully like. Like replaced it, and it should have by now. I think you know. Yeah, I think for contract review, particularly, yeah, having like a central 
doc like versioned document. Yeah. With discussion on it would be would be handy. Yeah, mixing in concepts of like Git, but not obviously not Git because that's you know lay people. But yeah, hmm. yeah. Anyway, I also had an interesting Twitter experience the other day, which was I tweeted something like, "Tell me like if you think there's some hard truth, there's some hard feedback I need to hear. Like please tell it to me. Like just just DM me." I got like a felt like a pit in my stomach just reading you tweet really? that. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, that sounds. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> it was awesome, was it? Yeah, it was great. It was interesting to see actually. People would be like, "All right, you asked for it," and then they would tell me something that I kind of already thought was true or already sort of knew. Most of the time, it wasn't super novel. I wasn't like, "Oh, I've never thought about that before." It was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And like, maybe I have a good reason for not doing that or for doing that. But like, it's it was kind of just like another data point, I guess, on the thing that I was already, sort of already in my head. So the first thing that I thought was interesting was just kind of like, I think people were expecting me to be more upset or more combative or something. Some people pointed out things that I thought were like, were like kind of insightful and good. None of it felt bad. Like it felt like a good exercise. It was kind of like a nice like check-in with the world. Just like, give me your, give me your worst. Come on. A few people were just like, I just want to say that you're you're great and don't don't worry about it. Like if people are being mean to you, you're cool. And I was like, all right, that's that's sure. Nice. But it wasn't hard. It felt okay. Was it a lot of people that you have a real relationship with that reached out or people that you don't know that well who just kind of It was a mix. Some people you? I didn't know at all, some people that I know pretty well. Yeah. It was kind of all over the place. And some people gave me feedback about like Tuple, some people gave me feedback about me personally, like how how I tweet about things. Mm-hmm. Some people gave me much more like kind of high level general feedback. Sometimes it was more specific. Hmm. Overall, it was an interesting exercise, and I, I liked it. I got nothing really that like made me mad or felt very upsetting or destabilizing or kind of mostly accurate. Like people were like, "Oh, like you, you're not thinking enough about this, or you should maybe do this." And I was like, "That's true, actually. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, overall, it was very positive and 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 kind of useful." That's good. Well, it was gutsy. I feel like I just am sensing myself like. That I, my initial reaction would be to get defensive, which is probably not a healthy posture. And it feels like you've you've probably reached some a good like self awareness or comfortability with yourself that you're willing to hear people reflect back something that they are calling out as a negative. You know, good on you. That feels like it's a healthy place to be. I think I would be afraid that I'm not that healthy, and then now like I'm gonna feel like <laughs> defensive or something. Um, yeah, do this. You know, that's interesting. You might surprise yourself. Maybe. Yeah. There was some stuff I felt a little defensive about where I was just like, or, or not quite, def- yeah, I guess a little defensive or, or was mm-hmm. like, sometimes I would kind of argue back a little bit. Like they'd be like, you know, you're not thinking about one, two, three. And I'm like, well, actually, I do have reasons for these things. Yeah. Um, and so like my initial response was like, yeah, you're kind of wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, like I actually have thought about this or I have a reason for this. But yeah, nothing, nothing shook me to my core. I was kind of hoping something would actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I was hoping for just like a total blind spot left field like yeah. thing that I'm like, oh, damn, wow, yeah, that's true. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be great. So if you have one of those, by the way, mm. <laughs> you should DM me on Twitter because I want it. Yeah, Maybe, maybe in the future. Hmm. So anything specifically that you're going to change that came out of this that you're willing to share? or um, One bit of feedback came from someone that I am friendly with and like and respect and his, it was kind of like you could go faster and be more aggressive business-wise. Hmm. And I sort of overall agree with that at a high level. Like, that's true. Like, 
I wouldn't say we've had our foot on the gas super hard. I feel like we've kind of prioritized a pretty sustainable pace and enjoyment and whatnot. And we could strike a different balance there. And I feel like that actually is kind of one of my overall themes for the year is like stepping it up a bit. Where it's like, we've been okay not really identifying a specific marketing channel and tracking it and, and going after that and like trying to scale it. And I think we should step it up there. Or like, we've been okay just saying no and only being on Mac OS. But we're, you know, biting the bullet and moving to additional platforms. I think there are probably also some like hires, some key hires that we've kind of like shied away from uh, that I, I think we're going to stop shying away from and like do a little more investment back in the business. So it's kind of like just nice to have that confirmed a little bit. But like for someone out, someone's outside view, they're like, yeah, you could, you're, there's more here. You've, you, could, you could press the gas a little harder and be like, yep, I agree actually. And I think we're, we're doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like, yeah, you could is different than you should, you know, and I think that's, but I guess if this person knows you a bit, might maybe they're kind of nudging you in the direction of like, I think you have this in you, or I think this is maybe part of your actual desire is to be more aggressive with the business and and like nudging you, knowing your knowing your kind of makeup. I guess I think it was a little bit less of that and a little bit more. His position was kind of that we have something kind of special, like having hit product market fit really squarely and like having really strong organic growth and a. Fairly decent lack of competitors, um, and he was saying, you know, you, you should expect that someone is about to announce a huge round of funding coming and like squarely in your your niche, which seems very plausible to me. And so he's like, you should make the best of what you've got now. Like keep like t- take advantage of this potentially limited opportunity or like you know time limited opportunity, and you know push it harder now than you might otherwise want to. Right. Your kind of goal for the year is is good because it's going to make your business even more resilient. I feel like if you do identify some very specific like moats you can dig. Obviously, you've dug a nice moat on the product front, but if you can dig some nice moats on the growth and marketing front too, then there's just more defensibility there. If someone does come in with a bucket of VC and and try to try to make waves, yeah. And talking to Spencer Fry um, a few episodes ago. He commented on like, you know, he he had been at startups where they were on top and crushing it. And then somebody caught up and they weren't on top anymore. And things entered this like long decline. That's probably the default, right? Like no one like just wins forever. And so at some point you start to lose. And the, the timing of that matters a lot. Right. Yeah. So I'd I'd like to keep keep this thing going for a while because it's really fun. <laughs> If like growth started to slow down, or like you know, if if we really flatlined or shrunk, um, man, that would be a just a, a psychological blow, and it would make it a lot less interesting or fun to work on it, which would mean we probably want to stop working on it or something. I want to keep it keep it healthy. Yeah, that's cool. Well, looking forward to following that journey of leveling up um, with you this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you'll see me making some decent moves this year. Then. Mm-hmm. So I can like kind of follow up on this step it yeah. up goal. Cool. I'll try to ask yeah. um, good questions to push you in that direction as we record. Yeah, so. that'd be good. Um, yeah. I set a revenue goal kind of in my head and and informally with Joel and Spencer, and we're outpacing it currently. So hey, having a good month. It's been a really like the last thirty days have been very strong for us. 
I saw you tweet that you sent an email to your marketing list. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so it's not even quite a marketing list, but that just made the tweet better. I sent an email about the new feature we shipped, the partial screen sharing, and I sent it to people who have paired in the last like month and a half. And Farhan at Shopify was like, "You should send this to everybody because it might bring some people back." Yeah, and I was like. Duh. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Obviously. And so, I mean, I initially did the sort of scoping to like not spam people, but like we don't send that many emails. And I also did a test. So I like expanded the scope. It just said basically anyone who's ever done a call that hasn't received that previous broadcast. And I sent it to like 10% just to see. I'm like, is anybody mad at me? And like nobody responded. It was like, shut up. And so I was like, okay, this is probably fine. And so I expanded it to everybody. And then yeah, we had like you know our best you know single day of new trials in a long, long time. And it was like yeah, it turns out if you email many thousands of people about your thing, that's it can be good for your business. Yep, yep. I've been keeping you know basically anyone who's used the product, um, they've just got in and not started a trial or not let their trial convert or whatever at various stages. Everyone gets our monthly updates email. We've kind of centralized on that and. That feels good. Like I think I would probably potentially send like mid-month updates if I had something really exciting. Maybe I would consider just doing that to active users or customers or whatever. But I feel like at least the monthly, if people want to kind of stay stay up to date on like what's coming out and stuff. Um, yeah, good. I think that's good. It actually makes you want to add an email capture to our landing page of just like stay in touch ish, you know, um, or like you know we like get some product updates, get some interesting pairing content. Interesting dev stuff, you know, like find some some excuses to email people useful things. Maybe include some stuff about us. Um, I, that feels like a pretty obvious miss. So it's it's on the list. Nice. Yep, I like it. Yeah, it's handy to have a designer now to be like, "Hi, add an email capture to the landing page and make it not ugly, please." Yeah. Is it been like a month now that you've been working been, with your design? Yeah, just over a month. It's been like okay. 41 days. Nice. Like, so uh, things working out well, it sounds like. Things are going well, yeah. It's been huge to have somebody that can ship good HTML and CSS and interface improvements and work with engineering to make stuff better without me directly in the loop. Um, I'm still learning how to like manage a person well and give good feedback and... like. Exactly how much I should be plugged into product stuff versus not, um, but so far so good. How are things with Corey? Going really well. Yeah, we have some irons in the fire. Nothing I can specifically talk about yet, um, but negotiating. Let's yeah, do it anyway. <laughs> I can just say just you and me negotiating some potential deals and things. And there was one in particular that like I kind of have said like Corey, you can you can kind of take the lead on this one, and he's like really good at. Negotiating, and he kind of knows the game that kind of the the different tactics that get used in like a sales situation or a partnership type of situation. I don't feel like that's a particular strong suit of mine. Like I've been around negotiations, you know, the, the drip acquisition was kind of a big, long, <laughs> drawn out negotiation that I got to kind of see more from the sidelines. I wasn't like directly involved in the nitty gritty of that, so. I mean, I still feel like that's an area that I can learn more about and improve on. And Corey's like, he he finds it fun and like a good challenge. It's been really nice to like 
kind of let him take the lead on that. And so he did He did a call with them and I wasn't present for the call. I had something else going on. And then he summarized like, here's what we came to. Here's what I pushed back on. Here's what he came back with. Da, 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 da. And, um, and it was really, it was really fun to like, just know that like, this is being managed well and I'm not having to be directly involved. So that's great. That's an awesome extra skill to just have in somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, yeah, it's not necessarily like a foregone conclusion that a, that a really good marketer would, would have that skill set too. So I just mm, feel fortunate totally. that I'm, that we're able to kind of leverage kind of that some, some generalist skills um, mm-hmm. here and it's, it's really serving well. So I was thinking about negotiating the other day because we've been negotiating like more large enterprise type deals and the negotiation like can be, can, it can be very important. <laughs> there could be big numbers that swing in various directions as part of it. And I was realizing we haven't had a deal blow up because we dug in and said, take this offer, or screw you. And that is bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That means we're not doing it right. Or, and if not completely blow up, like at least be like, we say it has to be X and they say no. And we're like, okay, goodbye. And they're like, okay, goodbye. And we're like, oh, just kidding, just kidding. Hold on. Let's, let's talk. We have not gotten to that point um, with anybody. So I think we're not negotiating that well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, gosh, it's a it's an art form, and it takes. Like, I also feel like I'm bad at like practical jokes too, which I think these two are kind of related. Like being able to put something out there <laughs> that potentially will elicit a response that you're uncomfortable with, and being able to just like sit in that. I think it's a learned skill, but I do, doesn't come naturally to me. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's you fair. Know? Living with that discomfort of like, who's going to blink first? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. The place I'm coming to is so like so much of a negotiation is determined by what is your fallback plan. We call this BATNA, best alternative to negotiated agreement, right? Which is the super MBA term for this. Um, So it's like, okay, if this doesn't work, what's going to happen? And our BATNA is like, we keep growing like crazy and making millions of dollars. So it's like, we don't need any of these deals at all. They're all positive we all we want them and they're great but like it's we don't need any of them and so it's like we should be negotiating from a very strong position and so we should be the ones kind of frequently i think saying like yeah this is how it is and hopefully we can hopefully this will work for you period and wait um and don't crack and uh i don't think we're doing enough of that yeah obviously people who have experience with this stuff kind of know they know like the game that's being played. I talk to my buddy who does partnerships about this kind of stuff all the time and he's like like there is a certain game being played and if you don't know at all what game's being played then you have you know very little shot of like of like doing it right. So like there's a certain amount of aggressiveness and like nope that's that's a non-starter not going to do that and then you wait for things to kind of get to the place where it's like all right now we're really in the zone where like stuff is negotiable. But like, if you don't really know the game, then it's easy to just get like stuck off, way far off from what it potentially could be. Um, totally, you know. Yeah. Right, and there's this whole range of terms that you'll both agree to. Like, there's like a you know, for any given deal, there's a price, a range of prices that both sides will accept, and your skill determines where you end up in that range. And just because you got the deal doesn't mean you were at the top of that range. And if you don't hit a point where they're like, no way, goodbye, 
Well, you weren't outside it. And so if you're never going to learn where outside of it is, then you don't really know. You'll never learn the range. Exactly. Yeah. Got to test the limits. You got to test the limits. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tricky too because there's like, there's like 10 different things that matter in the contract. Mm-hmm. It's like, how often are you going to pay? What's the minimum you're going to pay? What's the per user price? How many years is this contract for? How much can we increase the price automatically? Does it renew automatically? Yep. Like, and these are all levers, all levers you can pull to like, well, how about if we, how about we change this one factor over here in order to make right. up for this price increase or whatever? Yeah. That does seem to be the move. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you want that? No problem. We just need this. And you're sort of like, you know, you can pull that one and we'll pull this one. Um, we care about this. Do you care about this? Not so much. Okay, great. Well, then let's swap this one for this one. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Like the, the amount of money involved is high and the terms are long. It's like these can be multi-year deals. Uh, and so it's like, ooh, this is actually kind of kind of high stakes and tricky to get right. I'm learning with each one of them, which is great. Like everything else, you got to screw up a ton of them to get good at it. And so I'm making my beginner mistakes and like I have, you know, our salesperson has a lot of experience with this. So it's we have some, you know, experience in our corner, but I'm steadily learning myself and, you know, ooh, that was, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. And next time I wouldn't do this or like this seems, you know, I think we messed up over here. And, and like, so I'm trying not to like get too bent out of shape about that and just be like, yeah, that's how it is. And in the future, we'll do a better job of that. Yep. Yep. It's good. Yeah. Gradual improvement. Gradual improvement. I just, and then so I record all my negotiations and send them off to my coaches, <laughs> review them one by one. Yep. <laughs> I'm currently getting more coaching for Overwatch than enterprise contract negotiation, which seems <laughs> wrong to me as I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, in the sales world, they have this product called Gong. I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah, yeah, it just, yeah. yeah. Records all conversations and like analyzes them and figures out like if you say um three times, then it increases your or decreases your close rate. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's quite a thing. That sounds amazing. Do you have any other updates you want to share? Um, just that I am officially breaking ground on the Outlook integration. It's happening. Excellent. It has happened. Yep, and so. Yeah, I've been digging in the last uh, two days into like, all right, creating the OAuth application and you spin up like an Azure account, Microsoft Azure account. And oof, there's so many layers to this. The Azure dashboard feels very similar to the AWS console in that like there's like a thousand different things in there. Lots of things are not very uh, intuitively named. <laughs> They they do have a, a big like repository of documentation, but it's like I found myself I had like twenty tabs open because it's like oh just you need to do this step first so click this thing and you click it and it's a whole KB article and then somewhere deep down in there it's like okay here's the next step click that oh another KB article and it's got like <laughs> so many layers in their defense they're trying to build this dashboard that works for like you know multinational hundred thousand plus employee or fortune 500 companies that are running their entire thing their entire like you know hosting infrastructure on it and it also needs to scale down to like hey I'm a single person software shop trying to just build an integration and like there's basically one place to go to do both of these tasks and so but man it is it is quite a rat's nest so still like slogging through that i do have like working api calls going through there's like a publisher verification step that's like, 
you need we need to verify your business name, verify that you work for the company, verify that the company owns the domain name. And so I'm kind of like having to work through some manual review steps for that in order to be able to like make API calls outside of my own my own domain name basically. But I'm just trying to take a deep breath and it does anytime I have to like send an email to a large faceless company like Microsoft, I'm just my my stress levels go up because I'm just expecting it to be a terrible experience. Um, sure. Totally. So how has we'll, the support been? Uh from Microsoft? Yeah. Uh so far I haven't really gotten any human communication back. I've just been okay. like working through Kind of the, the automated dashboards, and I've I've run up against a couple of roadblocks where I had to like send a piece of verification proof, like send a PDF off to them, and and we'll see what the turnaround time is, hmm. um, and the response. So, gotcha. TBD. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sounds obnoxious, but I'm glad to see you taking this on. Yeah, yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic that it's not going to be. Like I initially thought maybe this will be like a month or two of work and I don't I don't think it's going to be that much to at least get it in a state where like I can start inviting beta testers to to use it and I have probably like 100 plus people who have expressed interest in wanting to like let me know as soon as it's ready so I'm going to try to get those folks in as as early as I can and I'm shipping like small pieces so I'm already like have the ability to authenticate against a Microsoft account I'm already like putting that behind a feature flag in prod so I'm like Shipping these things out in small, small chunks, and as soon as someone can, can like get in and get their calendars connected, I'm going to start inviting the first first couple people to to um, walk the journey with me. <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. I mean, that it seems like a huge market expansion opportunity. Oh yeah, I assume it's at least as big as Google Calendar, probably bigger, probably bigger. Yeah, yeah. honestly, yep. yep. Cool. Well, that seems good. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully I'll have some really good positive updates by uh, by next week too on progress on that front. Nice, cool. And your secret marketing projects? Yeah, those are those are still rolling too. Lots of lots of things going. Cool. All right. Well, shall we wrap it then? Yeah, let's wrap it. All right. Notes of the show. Notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya. Later. <laughs>